Hey, we have been talking about preparing for the Lord's return. It's one of those, not one of those, it is the event of our lifetime. It's, it's the one thing that we are looking forward to because it's going to transform life as we know it. I want you to think about that for a moment. When the Lord comes back, life as you know it is going to be completely over. It's going to be changed. It's going to transition from, from what we know to a kingdom of God where Christ is ruling and reigning in righteousness. We're going to be with him. We're going to get to rule and reign with him on this earth as kings and priests with him. Don't you love that? Okay, we're going to do so. We're going to pretend like we're in church today. Okay? Uh, so every once in a while we'll say amen and that kind of thing. Because that's what, that's what, that's churchies. There's Spanish, there's Chinese, and then there's Christianese. We're going to speak Christianese today. Praise the Lord. Amen. There we go. All right. So, so in the last few weeks, we've talked about being clear-minded and self-controlled. Because here's Peter. In first, in first Peter, he's talking to his congregation. He's talking to his audience, the churches. And, and he is saying, guys, I want you to be ready because the Lord's return is, is imminent. And I want you to be ready because if you're not ready, it's going to be a complete shock to you. Do you know, I really believe that there are Christians that when the Lord comes back, they're going to be stunned. Now, all of us are going to be stunned. Scripture says that there's going to be silence in heaven for the space of 30 minutes. And it doesn't say why, but I, I kind of think I know. And, and, and here's what I think. I think when we get to heaven and we see the grandeur and, and the glory and the, and, the, and the beauty and the magnificence of everything... Our jaw is going to hit the floor, and we'll be speechless for about 30 minutes. And then we start up the choruses of praise. So, but anyway, here's Peter, and he's talking to his congregation. He's talking to this audience, and he says, guys, I want you to be ready for the Lord's return because everything is going to be so different than it is now. There's not going to be this, this chaos and confusion and who's right and who's wrong because Christ is going to establish his kingdom. And, and he is wanting each and every one of us to be prepared. So he said, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. In other words, understand the circumstances around you and, and, and think clearly. Know what the Lord wants so you can pray and pray effectively because it's important to know what to pray for. Scripture tells us what to pray for. And he said, then he goes on and says, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. That love, that brotherly love, that, that, that family love. You know, it doesn't say never argue or never quarrel. Anybody have siblings? I was, I was uh, getting something out of my refrigerator once when I was a kid. I, I was probably about 12 years old. And my little brother walked in when he was about 10. And I could, to this day, I still think it said slap me right across his forehead. So I did. I know you're laughing because you, you've done the same things to your brothers and sisters. That's, it doesn't mean you don't love each other. It's just that some, sometimes those things happen. But love each other deeply, passionately, 
do for others what, what you would want them to do to you or for you. And, and then he said, show hospitality. Show hospitality. Be hospitable. Show hospitality. Be, be kind. Be generous. Be affectionate to one another. And don't complain about it. Don't gripe about it. Don't, don't make it like it's something that you, that you have to do, but willingly and joyfully. And if you notice, there's a couple of things about this that I really think it's really interesting that, that they all deal with the human condition, with about our heart, about our emotions, about how we think and feel and act toward other people. It's not about us preparing ourselves, about shining our own armor, but it's about serving other people. Because Peter understood that the truth to life if you really want to be blessed by the Lord, it comes through servanthood. Not about shining our own armor, but about washing someone else's feet. So he, he talks about these things. And then today I want to talk to you just for a few moments about using your gifts. Because he goes on to say, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Let me ask you this. I have a question for you, all right? Okay. What does Usher, Jessica Simpson, Whitney Houston, Justin Bieber... This is a great list, isn't it? Katy Perry and John Legend. What do they all have in common besides they're all singers? Isn't that great? Oh, I, I stumped you. I'll take singers for a thousand, Alex. You know what? They, they all started in church. Every single one of them started singing in church. They were using their gift. Singing is a gift. Some people have it. Some of us wish we did. But singing is a gift from the Lord. And all of these people started singing in church, using their gift and perfecting their, their gift and honing their gift for the glory of God. And then somewhere down the, the road of life, they just changed. Peter is trying to tell the, the church, he said, he said, each one of you should use your gift or whatever gift or gifts that he has received to serve others, not to serve yourself, not to bless yourself, but to serve others, faithful administering God's grace in, very, in its various forms. Gifts. When I look at this, there's something that's really interesting. When he talked about, when he talked about being clear-minded and self-controlled, it was plural. There was the it was an emphatic phase, uh, statement. He, the uh, subject was you, plural. You be clear-minded and self-controlled. And we talked about loving each other deeply. The subject was, it was imperative. You, plural, you love each other. And then he talked about showing hospitality. And it's the same thing. You, plural, everybody. Everybody needs to be clear-minded. Everybody needs to love one another. And everybody needs to show hospitality. Plural, plural, plural. And then he gets to this passage right, right now. And he shifts gears. And now it becomes 
singular, each, each one, each one should use whatever gift he has received. You know what that lets me know? Number one, all of us have a gift from the Lord. What is your gift? Do you know what your gift is? Did you know that there are different types of gifts? There are gifts and talents that we're just kind of born with and we develop, like singing. Some people, have you ever been around somebody that's really, really kind and hospitable that just wants to help everybody? Hang around my wife. She does that all the time. You know, it's, I'm not the opposite of that, but I'm close. But, but have you ever been around somebody like that? Or, or somebody that when they walk into a room, they just, no, they just brighten up the place and it's like, wow, they're so kind. And you can just feel kindness oozing from them. Or somebody that's that servant that's always serving behind the scenes and never wants praise or glory. You ever met somebody like that? I, I, I know a few. I won't mention Jeanette's name. But, uh, but there are people that just love to serve and, 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 you, and you watch them. It's, it's like the, the, uh, the chef or the cook that gets their enjoyment from watching other people enjoy the food they prepare and that's where they get their satisfaction and their enjoyment or it's the artist that that just is gets thrilled by watching somebody else stare at the painting that they have already created it's it's that person that has those gifts and gifts are to be given to they're given to each one of us in fact, there's a, a guy in the scripture named Bezalel. Anybody know who Bezalel is? Isn't that a cool name? That's probably why God did not give me any sons, because I was going to name him Bezalel. Wouldn't that be a great name? Bezalel was chosen by God in Exodus to, to build the Ark of the Covenant. And God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, I, I have chosen Bezalel because I have anointed him with the Spirit, and he is gifted in craftsmanship. God had blessed him, and he was able to be an excellent craftsman. That lets me know that not only Bezalel, but whatever the things that you're good at in life, they're given to you by God. And, and, and there are other, other things besides natural gifts. There are gifts of the Spirit. There are spiritual gifts. And Paul talks about them in 1 Corinthians, that, that the spiritual gifts in, in, in life, that we're to covet them, we're, we're, we're to want them, we're to desire them. But each and every one of us has a spiritual gift that we are to use and to operate within the church. Peter, Peter uh, talks about it. Paul talks about it. It says that we are all part of the body of Christ, and we are set in the body of Christ, and we have a function in the body of Christ. What is your function? What are you doing in the body of Christ? You ever, you ever get a splinter? Don't you hate those things? I mean the little ones. The little ones you can't see. You know, now there's, as you get older, you're going to have to wear glasses. But there are some, some of those splinters you you get your glasses on, you still can't see it, so you bring out the magnifying glass. 
and you still can't see it because it's like a little piece of wire or something in your finger. And if you rub it one way, it's fine. But when you rub it the other way, it hurts, doesn't it? Something so small in your little finger. And you got your whole body. And what do you think about? That one little finger. That's all you're obsessed with. Paul said that we're the body of Christ. And, and each one of us have a significant role in preparing one another for the Lord's return. Do you realize that you are significant, that you are important, that you are vital to the health of the body of Christ? And you say, well, I don't know what part of the body of Christ that, that he has placed me in. Well, that's, that's something that you need to find out. And you find that out through a personal, intimate relationship with Christ. Because he will change and challenge and, and move and allow circumstances to come into your life that you will identify your role in the kingdom of heaven, your role in the body of Christ, and then it requires you stepping out in faith and being that person and acting and using those spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts, we're to desire them, and they are to further the church. They're to further the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk to you just briefly about, about a few things about gifts. Everybody loves to receive gifts, right? Don't you love gifts? I'm the only one that likes Christmas. So, you, you guys have seen, you've seen the gift that my kids got me, right? Yeah, it's, it, you know, they, they told me they were going to give me a toolbox. And when I walked out in the front yard, there was no toolbox at all, but there was a 71 Mustang. So when you hear it rumbling through the neighborhood or burning the tires off in the neighborhood, you know who it is. Oh, that's just the pastor. He's here. <laughs> so, but gifts, I love gifts. Don't you love gifts? Uh, I, I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. Gifts are great. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the gifts, the ones that God has given you and spiritual gifts as well. First thing I want you to to know is that gifts, each one of us has received at least one gift. All of us have received at least one gift. And, and Peter talks about each of us. And the focus is on the individual. It's, it's singular. You have to identify the gift that God has given you and or the gifts that God has given you. And it's up to us to discover them. I think years ago I was... I was new, I just started serving the Lord, and I was passionate about serving Him, and, and I was at work, and I heard that little voice in my head out of nowhere, it said, this is getting ready to mess up. I was working on machinery, and he said, it's getting ready to mess up. I heard it in my head, you ever do that? And I thought, I don't know what that is, and sure enough, the machine messed up, I had to slow it down, I had to fix it. A few minutes later, I heard the voice again. And I thought, what in the world is that? So I ignored it because I'm just rebellious that way. And, and the machine messed up again. So I had to stop it and fix it. And again, it started running again. And then I heard that little voice again. And 
And this time, this time, the third time, I decided I would pay attention. And I was right there, and sure enough, a little little piece of cardboard went, went crooked, and I was able to straighten it up, and we didn't even have to stop the machine. And I thought, wow, that's great. But then the scripture popped in my head. My sheep know my voice. And that is when the very first time that the Lord started speaking to me in a way that I understood. And he started helping me understand that, that it's in, my, in the relationship that I have with him that, that he is the one that, that, is, that will speak to you and encourage you and strengthen you. You know, something about gifts is, is if they, they are given and received through grace, that grace is, is receiving what we don't deserve. Gifts, especially spiritual gifts. Now, if you have natural gifts of singing, you can sing. And, 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 or if, you're, if you have hospitality or, or service, those are things that you can do. They are without repentance. God just gives them to you, and you get to stand before the Lord and, and give an account of how you've used the gifts that God has given you. But the gifts of the Spirit are exactly that. They're spiritual gifts. They're given by the Holy Spirit, and they are not on demand in our life let me explain that a little bit so if you feel like you have the gift of knowledge and that's one of the spiritual gifts the gifts of knowledge you're not going to have knowledge all the time but the gift of knowledge is in, and I've seen people that have it when you're in a meeting or you're in a situation and, and the Lord speaks through somebody and we just know what to do. Because the Lord has given that gift of knowledge to that individual. The gift of faith. There are times that, that people will rise up and they have that gift of faith and it will be used in them. This is the gift of healing. I, I, I believe that the Lord heals but I don't believe in faith healers. I don't believe anybody has the gift of healing on demand. If that were true, then, then if I had the gift of healing and it was on demand, I would head over to the hospital and clean it out. But the gift of healing, which I do believe in, Peter and John had that gift. They were going to the temple daily, and there was a man that sat there. He was lame from his mother's womb, and, and he was asking alms. And they went by every day at the time of prayer to pray. That man was set there daily. Jesus had walked by that man. And yet that day, when they asked for alms, some Peter and John looked at him and said, look on us. And they said, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And they reached down, grabbed him by the arm, and pulled him up, and the man was healed. Let me ask you, why was it that day and not any other day? Because the Holy Spirit wanted him healed that day to bring glory and honor to God and not to man. See, the gifts of the Spirit 
God gives them to individuals, but they're not up to the individual to use at their whim. It's the Holy Spirit working through you, and, and you can covet those gifts, you can desire those gifts, but they come through an understanding that it is the Holy Spirit's work in you and your surrender to Him. Does that make sense? That wasn't in the notes, that's free. Gift, number two. Everyone receives a gift. Number two is gifts are meant to be used. Anybody have grand, anybody, when you, were, when you were a kid, did your grandparents, like my grandparents, they had a room that you couldn't go in? It was only to look at. That's where the nice furniture was that had the plastic covers. And the white carpet. And you couldn't go in. There was just an invisible gate. You could not go into that room. Because if you were, you were going to be penalized. It was just a room to look at. You could go play in, in the other rooms. But this room, where the good furniture was, you could only look at it. It was not meant to be used. It was meant to be looked at. You, you ever, anybody ever have a room like that? See, it, to me, it's when the gifts that God gives us, they're not meant for us to cover up to, or to look at and say, look how shiny they are. I mean, the same grandparents, they, had a, they used to like Fords. They liked LTDs. Remember, the, you know, they were big cars. You, you know, if they had floating devices, they'd look like a boat. Yeah, you know, and we would go and sit in my grandparents' car in the middle of summer and roll up the windows, and we would see who could take the heat the longest. And we didn't worry about, about getting sweat stains on the, on the seats because they had plastic over them. Because the car wasn't really meant to be used, it was meant to be looked at. God gives us gifts, and those gifts are not meant to be used or to set on a shelf. Remember in Matthew 25, the story of the talents where, where it gives him five talents and, and two talents and, and one talent and and these three guys and, and the one that had five talents went out and took a risk and used what, what was given him and doubled it into ten. And, and the one that had two talents went out and doubled it to, to four. And then the one that only had one talent went and hid it and buried it and did nothing with it. So the owner came back and he wanted to give an account. And, and, and he looked at the one with five and he said, look, you gave me five and here's ten. And the one that said had two, he said, here, you gave me two and now you have four and the one that had one, the one talent, said, you know, I was afraid that I would lose it. So I was kind of afraid of you. So I hid it. So here it is. The one talent. And it's amazing that the master said, you should have at least put it in the bank where you could have drawn interest. But you did nothing with it. And he was reprimanded, and what he had was taken away and given it to the one that had made five into ten. And, and, and the, the story is there to help us understand that, that what God has given us, and the, and the part of the kingdom of God that we are in, and the body of Christ where he has placed us, we're not meant to just sit there, we're meant to be used, we're meant to, to be blessed or, and to bless others, we are meant to serve one another. So let me ask you again, 
What gifts and talents has God given you? What spiritual gifts are, is God working on you? And how are you going to conquer the fear of being used by God? Gifts, gifts are meant to be used. And it requires a risk. Gifts require the grace of God. I love that. Gifts re are received by the grace of God. Receiving what we don't deserve. If God is, is giving you a, a gift or a spiritual gift, one of the gifts of the, of the Spirit, you need to reach out and receive them. He's offering them. And we did that a few uh, weeks ago and uh, I handed out $20 and said, Any, anybody want this? I think it was Tom. Yes, Tom actually got up and took it. And everybody else said, boy, I wish it was that easy. I wish I'd have gone up there and got that $20. Well, I wasn't going to wait. I only had to one $20 bill at first come, first serve. And here's, you know what Jesus is doing? Here, here, here's some gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come get them. He's given them to you. He wants you to use them for the glory of God and for the encouragement to the church. And a lot of times we're afraid. A lot of times we're afraid of the things of the Spirit because that's just spooky. You know what it really comes down to? Now, this is my own personal theology. You can be wrong if you want. Okay? But here's what I think. I think sometimes we don't act on the things of the Spirit because... To do so, we must first allow the Holy Spirit to be in charge. And us not being in charge scares us. Because humanity wants to be in control. And we don't like to feel out of control. But if you want to be used by the Holy Spirit, you have to, as Peter did. Jesus, can I come out on the water? Yeah, come on out. He had to throw his legs over the boat and start walking on the water. Do you think he had a little fear? It's the same thing with spiritual gifts. If you feel like the Lord is moving in your heart, it requires risk that you have to allow him to be in control. Because it's not about us, it's about him. Here's, here's, the, here's the next thing. That using gifts, they, it requires the proper motive. I was at a service not too long ago. And there were two people that sang at the service. And one had an, uh, a decent voice and the other one had a really good voice. And the one that had a really good voice sunk like a lead balloon. Boom. And the one that had the average voice brought the presence of God. And you say, well, why did this one do better than this one? Because this one was singing to bless God's people. This one was singing for vainglory. Wanted everybody to hear. 
This one wanted to bless. This one wanted recognition. And, it's, and it, the motive behind them determined the effectiveness. And can I tell you what Peter has been driving in this whole passage is motive, motive, motive. Why do you want to use spiritual gifts? Why do you want to use the gifts that God has given you? If it's for any other reason than a passion to bless God's people, to minister to one another, to serve one another, then it requires that we check our motive. I, can, I, I will be honest with you, it's, it's easy for all of us, any of us, to want to receive praise and glory and honor. But when you get to that point, whether you're speaking, preaching, teaching, singing, serving, whatever it may be, if you're serving as unto the Lord and not unto men, you will be successful. Because motive is everything. Because when going back to going back to the story in Matthew 25, by the way, I'm going to ask our praise team if they would come. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. I told you I wasn't going to preach very long today. Can you say amen? Now you say it, yeah, yeah. Going back to the story of Matthew 25, uh, of the, the story of the talents, and by the way, that talent was actually money. It, it, was, it wasn't physical talents, although we, we can use it for a variety of different things yeah, to make an illustration. The one that had five and the one that had two that had doubled them had taken the risk, and, and they had... And, and their motive was, I want to please my master. I'm going to use what he has given me, and I am going to do the very best I can with it because I want to please him. And both of them received this accolade from their master. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me ask you this. When you stand before the Lord, and we're going to, you and I get to stand before the one that, that hung on a cross and was buried in a tomb and rose victorious and is alive today, and we get to stand before him. That same one that's that's the head of the church, that same one that, that distributes gifts and that has placed you where you are and has given you gifts and talents to be used for the glory of God, that same one that you're going to stand before, what do you want to hear from him? Here's what I want to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I would like to tell you that every time that you, that you show hospitality to somebody, that they're going to reciprocate. Can we be real for a moment? That most of the things that you do good in life 
will never be acknowledged and sometimes will actually be turned against you. And if you're doing them for the wrong reason, you will become bitter and indifferent. But if you're serving as unto the Lord, you will be a blessing to, to people. You will be a blessing to God's people. And when you stand before the Lord, the best friend you have ever had, you're going to see a smile and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that our goal? Can I encourage you today? Use the gifts that God has given you. Serve him. Don't worry about anybody else. Serve the Lord. And you serve the Lord by serving people. Love on them. Bless them. And whatever God has blessed you with, whether it's singing or, or hospitality or, or serving or, or any spiritual gifts that he may have uh, put in your life, use them for the glory of God and see what God does with your life.